What's up, guys? This is CJ from the teaching team at The Fold, and you are listening to At Coffee with The Fold. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us this week as we take a deep dive into conversations that are relevant for our community. This podcast features guests from inside our community, from outside our community, who have something important to say and share that's relevant for our formation into the likeness of Jesus as we pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus by finding home, family, and purpose. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode three of At Coffee with the Fold. I am back with Chelsea. Say hi, Chelsea. Hi. (laughs) Um, So uh, excited to be back having this conversation. Once again, um, as we've been for the last two episodes, we're talking about hypocrisy um, and the way that the ethic of the kingdom of God reveals our hypocrisy and what do we do about that. Um, So uh, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, we talked about hypocrisy and cognitive dissonance and being curious about the dissonance that we feel and moving inward. Um, Then we talked about rest and burnout. And you said something, Chelsea, that I think was so important um, that I've been thinking about off and on since then is that maybe the most formative or helpful thing we can do for our mental health is rest Mm, or Sabbath. That is gold. Um, Very helpful. Um, So today we're venturing into the very easy, approachable topic (laughs) of honoring your father and mother, even if your father and mother are toxic. Mm, Yeah. Easy stuff, right? Absolutely. Cake. (laughs) Cake walk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So obviously families are complicated. Um, All family relationships are complicated. Um, And... All of us have, I mean, it's, it's a meme now. What's your toxic trait, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, which mine is liking coffee too much and being able to talk way too much about like a uh, frontier history of America. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we, all have, we all have some sort of toxic trait. There's always something that's, sure. that's harmful in our relationships. And uh, the people that you spend 18 years or so of your life mm-hmm. in the same home with, that gets exacerbated. Um, so in the very best homes, um, there are things that are complicated. Um, Mm -hmm. There are things that um, honoring gets strange around. Mm -hmm. Then there's the reality that a lot of us don't have the very best homes. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, I've kind of already started this question, but as we jump in, um, the question I'd like to ask you, Chelsea, is why... in the Ten Commandments, do we need to spend specific time on honoring your father and mother and specifically approach that from the perspective of mental health and emotional health? Um, how do these relationships get really complicated that we would need to discuss them? Absolutely. And you did. You know, it's the relationships we have with our parents or our caregivers that form so much of our early experience. They are the relationships that we model our understanding of emotions and other relationships and values after. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about our parental relationships, um, you, you said it, all of our experiences are unique and different. um, Even if you have a very uh, maybe stereotypical mother, father present Mm -hmm. in the home, still married Mm -hmm. dynamic that the 
um, some challenges are still there when it comes to interactions and mm-hmm. what honor truly means. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's worth making sure that we acknowledge from um, from a biblical perspective, I mean, from a spiritual formation perspective, the first God figure in our lives is our, our mother and father. Mm. Um, the first person to image God to us in in any way, wow. um, and and not to, you know, not not to maybe overemphasize this, but you know that as a as a child, you know, the omnipotent being in your life is your parent, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, and you grow up in the home under the care of and living in the will of someone mm. that is stronger and bigger and knows more than you. Mm. Um, so we can't really overemphasize how formative our families are, not just in our emotional well-being um, and our relational understanding, but also in our faith, um, because subconsciously um, we we call God Father. Um, yes. And God is described with mothering traits. Jesus uses mothering um, analogies in Scripture. Um, and personally, um, you know, I believe that God reveals himself as Father because so many of us, it's the most common wound any of us have. Mm. Um, almost everybody has some sort of father wound. Um, so the most redemptive thing God can do is reveal himself to us mm. as Father. Um so before we get into maybe um, what what do boundaries look like or what um, what steps do we take to honor our parents no matter the situation, maybe it would be helpful for us to identify what would a healthy healthy uh, relationship with our parents look like in an ideal world. What would yeah. you say that looks like? Yeah, um, I when we're growing up, when we are children. We want to trust and can trust, you know, when we have ideal caregivers, parents, mm-hmm. that the rules they've set out for us are in alignment with Scripture, in alignment with what the Lord would have. And so mm-hmm. then our response to what that honor should be is obedience mm-hmm. and respect. Mm-hmm. And I think as we get older and the dynamics of those relationships change, as we move into adolescence and as we uh, begin to navigate that tension between independence and dependence mm-hmm. on our parents, that we begin to value their input in our lives, mm-hmm. um, again, with respect, with obedience, and then even beyond that, we're no longer in their home or the um, p- place that they hold in our lives has changed as far as how interactive we are and involved we are um, in communication with our parents, making decisions more on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it becomes, you know, again, in an ideal situation, we're able to honor the role that they have in our lives through hearing their opinion, hearing their thoughts, their concern for us, their uh, wisdom and insight that they bring into their with their experience into our lives, mm-hmm. um, and we're able to uh, hold that alongside even what we feel the Lord is leading us to mm-hmm. do. Um, again, very ideal, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very um, unfortunately not common experience mm-hmm. uh, in my uh, professional and personal relationships that mm-hmm. I've seen that walked out uh, super well, but sure. Um, Redemptive, as you said, I love that you chose mm-hmm. that word. That we can have um, redemptive 
relationships, mm-hmm. even with our parents. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, it sounds like um, something that maybe we should emphasize is that the ideal relationship um, in a parent is uh, you are instructed, then um, you are given an example so that you can then become something that is not uh, separate from but independent from your parents. And, and the ideal of this relationship is that you are um, – that as you grow, you are growing into your own fully formed person. Um, And that transitions from complete dependence into um, an example as you, um, as you go through your teenage years where you, you know, break every rule to see which rules work (laughs) and which don't and, you know, um, and then on, Um, which obviously there's a difference there in our relationship with God because all, um, all relationships are just analogies of what our relationship with mm-hmm. God is like. So we can't map them perfectly onto right. our relationship with God. We live right. in dependence with God forever, yes. which is why um, childlike faith is such a core idea in Scripture, which bucks so so much against our especially American individualistic independent ideologies. Um, yes. But in, in the perfect world... Um, a relationship with a parent empowers us to be fully functioning, independent people who have an idea of what God is like, but then have been sent into the world to um, explore that and and find that on our own. Um, does that sound right? Yeah, I think ideally our parents model and teach. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Um, There's so many, you know, do what I say and not what I mm-hmm. do. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> yeah. unfortunately that is is good advice, but the opposite has much more powerful impact. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to, <laughs> as as parents, um, as you and I are both parents, mm-hmm. we understand the value of modeling mm-hmm. wisely to yeah. the best of our ability. Um, and there's so much power in grace, mm-hmm. right? And sure. even in... Um, Ultimately, that our relationships, as you said, are formative in the reflection of what we are to be teaching our children about the Lord. And mm-hmm. so that they can develop their own understanding of who He is mm-hmm. and who He is for them, and they can choose to follow Him on their own understanding mm-hmm. that we have modeled yeah. well, um, yeah. which means that grace and mercy are part of those <laughs> dynamics right? yeah. because we fail and our children need to see us acknowledge the reality of that too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, this is kind of maybe taking the conversation in a different mm-hmm. way than we had planned, but the, we become what is modeled in front of us more than what we are taught absolutely. to become. Um and, you know, so many times I was a youth pastor for a long time. Um, you know, my, there is, in, in my dad's story, um, there was abuse um, in the home he grew up in. Um, one of the things that I have seen both as a youth pastor and in, in my family and um, through generations before me is that um, even, even in anger or in the desire to differentiate ourselves from mm. things, mm-hmm. we become like what was modeled mm-hmm. because we know how to do yes. what was modeled in front of us, you yes. know? And that's that's where the value of words becomes so clear because words are valuable when they match yes. with actions. Yes. Um, and when they don't match with actions, then they teach us 
that what's modeled is what's really important <laughs> um, and the words aren't important. And that creates, I mean, a, a much larger fracture in our understanding of the world when we see the, a differentiation between the value of what we say and what we do. Yes. Those, I mean, that's a whole schism. But mm -hmm. once again, that might be opening a can of worms <laughs> um, that we don't have time to go into today. Um, so, um, so let's say um, if I'm... I, Whatever situation I'm in, you know, um, are there ways that I could begin to identify what honoring my parents might look like? Um, we've talked about in, in our teaching, in our co-teaching mm -hmm. on um, honoring your father and mother on this commandment, we talked about how honesty is honoring. Um, we've already described this, but we haven't used this term yet. Um, but our parents take up a significant place. Mm -hmm. They take up a lot of space in our lives, which needs to be honored. Um, we need to tell the truth about that space. Right. Um, so good space or bad space, um, our right. parents, no matter what their role was or how it played out, they take up more space than anyone else in our lives, um, especially in our formative years. Mm -hmm. um, and so how could we begin to identify what honoring mm -hmm. our father and mother looks like in our own unique lives, knowing that we've got the ideal, but none of our stories are the ideal, right. and our stories are extremely diverse, mm -hmm. even in their differentiation from the ideal. Yes, yes. What we said in our teaching, I want to repeat here mm -hmm. because I think it is so critical to acknowledge this, that for anyone listening who have who has had um, an abusive experience with your parents, mm -hmm. for anyone listening who has um, witnessed neglect or negligence or uh, lack of um, intentionality when it has come to your parental relationships. Um, what we're describing here, that is, we are very much talking about a spectrum mm -hmm. and in no way are we affirming that abuse and mm -hmm. neglect yeah. or any of these things are okay. Mm -hmm. um, they are abhorrent to mm -hmm. the Lord and it is not his desire mm -hmm. for this to take place. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, <laughs> There's this teaching in scripture, and we sit mm -hmm. in the weight of this reality that says, okay, here I am. I'm mm -hmm. supposed to honor my parents. So what does that look like? Yeah. So I think when we think about, again, we sit on this spectrum of, you know, I've had a traumatic experience with my parents. I've had a, an ideal, a phenomenal relationship with my parents. Um, I think that we do hold the tension of honor and honesty mm -hmm. and that it's important to acknowledge the reality of our stories. Mm -hmm. um, we get to do this much more as young and older adults because more often than not, we are no longer in our mm -hmm. home of origin. Mm -hmm. And we begin to maybe even have other close relationships who have very different dynamics with their families and we have more comparison maybe even than we did growing up mm -hmm. and so we start to ask the questions of mm -hmm. wait that's not normal or yeah. wait that your parent didn't say that to you mm -hmm. on a regular basis yeah, or whatever yeah. that is um, so I think the first step is honestly evaluating through through a new lens what honor 
means Mm -hmm. with honesty. Mm -hmm. So acknowledging your own story honestly and, and then beginning to unpack that question of what does honor look like Mm -hmm. through scripture? Mm -hmm. I think that we see you describe God as father. Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, more often than not, we project onto God Mm -hmm. our own experience with our father or mother or Mm -hmm. caregiver and much less understanding the ideal of who God as father is, Mm -hmm. patient, kind, loving, gentle, corrective, just, all of these things. We don't project that onto our parents. It's more, much more the other way around because Mm -hmm. that's our experience. Mm -hmm. So it's very normal to do that. But I think we, in thinking about what honor looks like, we have to ask the Lord, how do I do that well? Yeah. And, and I think we have to sit with him first because we could certainly, you know, find ways to, to explain away or self-help book or whatever our, our solutions may be, but to, to honestly sit before the Lord and before scripture to say, okay, if this is the command Mm -hmm. and understanding, you know, we've spent time looking at the cultural Mm -hmm. differences between the, the writing and, and our current culture. But if this is the command, then how do I do that? Mm -hmm. How do I actually honor? And I do think we have to one, start with this honest evaluation Mm -hmm. and then begin to ask the Lord who knows us intimately, our parents intimately. How do I Mm-hmm. honor well here? How do I interact well here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It seems like we're coming back to um, curiosity that mm-hmm. we talked about in the yeah. first episode, when you feel cognitive dissonance, um, when you feel, I think uh, I think anybody, um, especially those of us who have had a negative uh, home life growing mm-hmm. up, but I think anybody who is engaging in honesty in their, their story of, you know, their their family, um, is going to feel a degree of hypocrisy um, mm-hmm. or, or feel some sort of tension when you start mm-hmm. to say, I thought I was supposed to honor my father and mother, you know. Um, but being curious about our story, what does this story teach me? Mm-hmm. What um, what does honor look like uniquely for me? Whenever we confront these negative, um, negative emotions, um, feelings of shame or guilt, whenever... Um, Whenever that tension arises, curiosity is almost always the proper response um, to say, why do I think, why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. Um, Why is my experience different than the experiences of other people in other homes? You Mm -hmm. know, Um, why do I always imagine that God speaks to me in that voice? Every time I go to pray, I feel like God's condescending, you know, oh, it was because my dad was condescending or my mom was condescending, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was the tone they used. Mm Um, yeah, I think curiosity is, is so important. Um, yeah, you said a couple of things that I want to come back to, um, before we are done. Um, but I think it would be helpful right here, um, because I've noticed in just walking with people in discipleship over the years, um, that beginning to talk honestly about our parents, um, is a very nerve wracking thing because of this command, um, Mm. 
and because of our culture, uh, we are, a lot of us, especially those of us who have had like somewhat normal or, or have had parents that we trust their character, that would be a good way mm-hmm. to say it. Yes. Those of us who have had parents that we trust their character, we have a really hard time speaking honestly mm-hmm. about our stories because we are able to see my parents were doing their best right. um, when right. they did this thing. Mm-hmm. So we have such a hard time saying that wounded me. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if honoring and honesty are connected, mm-hmm. um, you know, when we, when we preached through that command, we talked about how the, the Hebrew word means something like weight. It can be used to right. talk about bringing a heavy offering to God. Um, so give weight acknowledge the significance, tell the truth about what's really going on in your relationship with your parents, you know, give them the weight that that relationship deserves. Mm -hmm. I also think it's worth just pointing out that, um, I think sometimes we think of commands like this because the original command says, uh, honor your father and mother and you will live long in the land. Mm -hmm. And then Paul quotes it later in the new Testament. He says, this is the only command with a promise. Um, and we imagine that this is some sort of like, um, like deal we make with God. Mm-hmm. It's like, if I honor my parents correctly, then God will bless me with a long, prosperous life. Um, and I think we turn spiritual principles into like deals we can barter with God a lot. I would yes. venture to say that it has a lot more to do with the healthy relationships that are built from honesty and considering the weight of our relationships that empower us to have long and joyful lives rather than living under stress and repeating the sins of our parents and our families over and over, you will live long in the land. That's the promise. If you are able to be honest and consider the weight and give respect to the weight and the significance your parents take in your life. Mm. Um, It's not a deal. We don't, you know, put God in a corner and force a blessing out of him by honor. But when we do it, the result is a healthier and therefore longer life in the land. Maybe not physically longer, but you understand the the correlation there. Mm -hmm. Um, But Anyway, back to the question, um, is th- are there maybe just a couple of, of in- examples um, that you could give us of um, things that maybe, um, maybe our parents did with all the right intentions um, that maybe we need to be honest about the pain that that caused or maybe situations where uh, it was the only option available to our families. I think of maybe a family who was financially um, struggling and a parent mm-hmm. had to work multiple jobs. Right. So it's it, it's hard to call that abandonment because a parent right. didn't leave. Mm-hmm. But the, the child was still emotionally alone if mom or dad was working multiple jobs and never home. So could, could you right. kind of illuminate those situations for us a little bit? Absolutely. And again, every experience is so different. So it's hard to... Um, to pull out three or four, but I think as you were just saying, you know, we, I think it's important to note that we can look back across when we know multiple generations of our family. If we have relationships with our grandparents and know their mm-hmm. family dynamic and know what our parents, how our parents grew up, mm-hmm. um, and then that influences how our parents decide to raise us mm-hmm. in the home we grow up in. Mm-hmm. Um, we are products of our parents' experiences and they are products of their parents' experiences mm-hmm. because all every generation chooses what works well and what doesn't work well and seeks, ideally, again, mm-hmm. 
to better the next generation. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think those efforts have negative consequences. So even in the example that you just gave, uh, maybe those parents who worked multiple jobs to make ends meet knew the value of working hard and Mm -hmm. they were seeking to financially support and sustain their families Mm -hmm. where their parents had not given them that benefit. Mm -hmm. Um, However, the impact of that, their intent was good, but the impact of that was that emotional Mm -hmm. abandonment. And so they didn't, maybe the children didn't grow up feeling like they had an emotional backbone to their family. They were taught to, you know, pull on the, the pull up your bootstraps and keep going Mm -hmm. and you just, you, you make it or, or you don't and you just keep going. Yeah. And, and that is a a negative experience. I think, um, you know, as our, there are so many, you know, family systems. So in family therapy, there is a general systems theory that talks about the family as a system in a unit form. So every system has multiple parts and relationships and dynamics. And I think we can even view our own families in that way. So Mm -hmm. because typically, you know, we have a parent or two parents in the home, that's Mm -hmm. automatically multiple relationships Mm -hmm. right there. We might have siblings and there are more dynamics present. Sure. So alliances form, you know, we joke and say, oh, I'm the favorite. Yeah, sure, yeah. (laughs) Um, So there are so many different relationships that take on different forms in our system, Mm -hmm. in our family system. Yeah. Um, I think they can lead to things like uh, enmeshment when families are too emotionally dependent on other members Mm -hmm. in the family unit. Uh, Codependency, Mm -hmm. where you have... Uh, again, relationships that are uh, seeking to be, uh, or individuals seeking to be validated through mm-hmm. the the support and reliance on the other. Yeah. Um, and that's very dangerous when that's a parent-child. Sure, right? Yeah. So ideally, as God um, spoke family into creation, um, he set forth this mother-father relationship first. And when that is not as healthy, when marriages are not as healthy as they should be, mm-hmm. it's easy for one or both parents to lean into yeah. a safety or security even in their children. Yeah, Very unhealthy for the children, sure. yeah. but they really don't know any different, mm-hmm. right? That's how you grow up. Yeah. So I think all, again, so many different dynamics possibly, mm-hmm. um, possibly here, but the the crux of you know the mm. challenge is that the relationships all exist in a system mm-hmm. and we might say our relationships are as healthy as the system sure yeah yeah so listening to this um makes me want to put my pastor hat on instead of podcaster hat on for a second mm-hmm. um because i would imagine that especially maybe five to seven years ago, if I were listening to this episode, I would be thinking, okay, I mean, that that's great, but why do I need to do that? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I'm doing okay. Um, my parents were good people. Um, I had a great home. 
Um, and, and I would have checked out, right? Because um, I wouldn't have seen how this could play out for me spiritually or mm-hmm. how this could yeah. play out subconsciously. So I think we need to be explicit here in a pastoral <clears throat> way and say, if you had wonderful parents who were trying to put food on the table and they worked two jobs so they were never home, your parents were wonderful and they were doing their best, right? Like we're not accusing them of anything when we say right. that, but we do need to acknowledge that what that probably means is that you believe subconsciously that God will provide for you, but he won't listen to you mm. and he won't be present to you. That will map onto your understanding of God is that God's always putting food on the table. Thank the Lord for that. But you will have such a hard time imagining that God is aware of your emotions more than your physical needs, that God cares about school and drama and relationships, the things that maybe that parent wasn't able to care about. Right. We're not accusing the parent, um, but we're acknowledging the honesty that there's weight yes. mm-hmm. there was weight that was taken up by this relationship and that weight maps onto our understanding of god yes. right yes um i mean we you we can probably imagine how um in a parent relationship where a parent needed validation from a child mm-hmm. how um, we can then imagine that god somehow needs validation from us and we mm-hmm. can become performative as if god is needy you mm-hmm. know and god is not secure um, and we become even defensive in our faith as we're defensive of, and this is just imagining how this plays out in our spiritual lives, not taking into consideration the way this would play out in a marriage, friend relationship, sure. when you're off at college in a dorm room, all of these other things. But right. the the implications are extremely important so that, you know, we're going to talk um, in, as we keep going about, you know, um, boundaries with maybe more toxic relationships and stuff. Um, and for some of us, that might be harder to apply. But for, for those of us who grew up in what we would consider good homes and we're about to check out, we have to learn to be curious about this because whether you know it or not, you learned the character of God from the home you grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and until you identify the difference between the home you grew up in and the character of God, you will always be subconsciously projecting the reality of your home onto God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to be honest about that, it's not, it's a beautiful healing thing. Um, it's not, uh, I think that this is important to say too, because I've found that oftentimes I imagine that reorienting any belief to the truth of God's character is going to be this like emotionally disruptive, like mm-hmm. life changing, um, experience where it's going to, I'm going to need to go to counseling and cry a lot because of it or something like that. But God is kind. It's his yes. kindness that leads us to repentance. The yes. Holy Spirit is gentle. Sometimes it's as simple as the Holy Spirit whispering, no, I, I do care. Your dad worked a lot and never came to your games. I'm always there for you and I always care, right. you know. Um, and it might, it might not require, you know, six months of journeying inward to undo, undo this one thing. It might be a simple alignment or a dawning realization. Mm-hmm. But it takes that curiosity and the willingness to be honest about our, our relationships um, with our parents in order to have that alignment to the real character of God. Yes. 
But guys, this has been a really long conversation, um, and to make sure we're honoring every part of it, we are ending the conversation here in the middle. So if you feel like, hey, why is CJ talking? This conversation just started. We felt like this needed to be two episodes so that we can give full space to this conversation. Part two of this episode is coming out in two weeks, so you'll get the full conversation spread over two weeks. Make sure that you listen to both halves of the conversation. Thank you so much for listening to At Coffee with the Fold. I hope that this conversation was helpful as you pursue the healing and wholeness of Jesus. If you want to sign up for a Fold group and join community, if you want to attend an event on a Sunday morning, or if you're just looking for the next thing that's coming up that you can join with our community in doing, then make sure you go to thefoldgreenville.org or you follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Have a great day. We'll talk to you next time.